In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved sons and daughters, let us call to mind the glory with which we were called in the might and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And on this gray fall morning, acknowledging that might, as we come before his altar to give thanks and worship in spirit and truth, that might and power orients our minds aright with this famous saying of our Lord, render to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. And in that might encapsulates the entire political philosophy of our Savior Jesus Christ, who shows and teaches every Christian that they are duty-bound to give respect to lawful civil authority. That is quite clear, render unto Caesar, and to acknowledge that God uses civil authority to achieve his purposes. That first reading is a clear insight. Many centuries earlier, the Jews are in exile. The prophet says, quote, to my anointed Cyrus. As you may know, my anointed in Hebrew is Messiah. Messiah means my anointed. So to my Messiah, Cyrus. Cyrus is a pagan imperial king who does not, right? I empower you though you know me not so that I may open a doorway for my people Israel and the house of Jacob. That civil authority is due its obedience. That's why St. Peter will write, foster love for the brothers and respect for the emperor, the same emperor who will decree that Peter is executed. That's why the apostle St. Paul says, pray for kings and governors and those in authority that they may be just in rewarding those who do good and punishing those who do evil, because that is what civil authority is supposed to do. Those same governors, kings, that will also decree Paul's execution. For Jesus Christ, in this encounter, sees the malice. Because remember, in this time in history when Jesus walks the earth, Israel has been conquered utterly by the Roman Empire and have a Roman imperial governor who, right, a census tax. If you don't like property tax, just think about just getting a tax just for being you. Like, hey, you get to be a member of the nation. Great, pay the tax. How awesome. And it gets shipped, right? You think Washington, D.C. is a long ways away from here. Just think about how far Rome is from Jerusalem, governed by these pagans and heathens. And Jesus Christ says, pay the tax. Who cares? Civil authority is what it is. You got a beef, take it up with him. Because he knows their malice, and their malice is to divide. Their malice is either to get Jesus Christ to ally and say, don't pay the tax and get in trouble with the Romans, or do pay the tax and then get in trouble with all the people who don't like the Romans. And Christ walks through it with beautiful clarity. Caesar has authority. But then orients everything aright. Repay to God what belongs to God. Caesar and civil authority have rights. God has higher rights. That is why 
In the moment of his trial, Pontius Pilate, pagan Roman governor, will say, Do you not know I have power to free you and power to crucify you? And Jesus says, You have no power whatever save what is given to you from above. He is acknowledging God gives power to civil authority. And when we look in our own time, how we apply this, can we live in the dreadful area of democracy? We can't just complain about these hereditary emperors and kings. We vote for these people. So in a sense, we have a share in the whole endeavor. But then we also have a power in the whole endeavor. We have a power to understand what rightly belongs to God. And we are fortunate to live in a nation that constitutes itself with the First Amendment of that Constitution saying, the Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of religion, nor prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Such wise that when we hear a bureaucrat or a politician or a candidate say, it shall be my policy that if I hold this office, either through legislation or taxation, I will either force this particular religious group to do something that their religion forbids, or I will prevent them from doing that their religion commands. Such a person arises, we politely say, no, and mark the box the other way. We live in a nation that in declaring its right to exist amongst the community of nations, asserts that fact on certain inalienable rights among those which are, as you know, life listed first. Therefore, if someone says, I deny a person's right to live in my policy or taxation, again, we politely say, no because the rights of God come first. And more than that, we do it without malice. Jesus knows their malice and refuses it, walks aright. Notice in the end of Christ's life, he is brought first to Herod the king. Herod, who is his co-religionist, Herod is a Jew but a false Jew who does not live out the commands of God aright. And when Jesus Christ goes before Herod, he won't even talk to him, doesn't say a word, because he knows he's a joke and just wants it over with. When he comes back to Pontius Pilate, who is a pagan, heathen, imperial governor, Christ talks with him. I came to bear witness to the truth. Anyone who hears the truth hears my voice appealing to him, you have the power to do right. I submit within our own civil context, we might learn, some of you have heard these become known in recent days, that former, now deceased Supreme Court Justices Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who were on most issues on polar opposites of the aisle, in their argumentation and policies, argued viciously with one another and were tremendous personal friends and shared the lives of their families with each other. Antonin Scalia, who is a co-religionist with us, a devout Roman Catholic, has a son 
who is a priest, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who is a non-practicing Jew, always tried, and their assertions were quite opposite, but without malice. Because at the end of the day, if you render unto God what belongs to God, it's not enough to be right if you aren't good. St. Paul says, we did not only come to you in word. Yes, we did come to you in word, but not only in word, but with power and the Holy Spirit and much conviction. And so it is the duty of every good Christian, yes, to assert the rights of God where they belong, to obey the rights of Caesar where they belong, and then above all, to live a holy life. We might wish that our fellow Catholic Antonin Scalia would have converted Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We might wish that, but he didn't. We might wish that Jesus Christ would have converted Pontius Pilate, but he didn't. He bore witness to what is true. And we in our own lives, again, are mindful. It is not enough to be right if we are not good, that there can be no malice in what we do. And so it is good that we are here to give God what belongs to God, our love and our worship, and be mindful that we live not in word alone, but in power and the Holy Spirit with much conviction. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.